chaos. Brought the chaos indeed. And trust me, Nathan, it is chaotic sometimes. There's I no bet. I like your it. shirt. I like it how it matches the paintings. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I Sometimes I'm black. Sometimes I'm a super colorful. But I like yeah. color. What kind of shirt is it? Oh, thanks for asking. I love Robert Graham. Are you familiar with him? Not so much. Yeah. Robert but. Graham's a great, great designer. And I'm not into the foo-foo stuff by no means. I just go to the outlet down here in Vegas and pick no up foo -foo shirt. Stuff. Well, you know, like super high end, you know, like super expensive shirts. So I get like nice Robert Graham shirts for like 75% off down at the outlet store. You know, I'll preach it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's a great designer, Robert Graham. Mm -hmm. You see Rusty at all here and there? Yeah, you know what? He moved back. He moved back into Seth's house, and uh, oh, great! So I've been running into him a little bit, and uh, thanks so much. Dude, he's so funny. He's all sober now. Oh yeah, I've seen him a couple times. Yeah, he's 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 stoked though because he bought um, my boy oh, Gus's good. little um, Chinooks. Hey, Herbie, Herbie himself. Hey, dad. The time to see. Well. What's up? How Mason? you doing, Dana? Good. How you been, bud? I'm doing good. Yeah. Still around. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm still cruising too. Wife's still putting up with me and the whole deal, you know? You got kids? Yeah, yeah. I got two kids. I got uh, shit where my son, it's his birthday today. I think he's like 28 now or something. You got adults. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's crazy. Happy birthday. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I did, I did the whole thing like you know, raised two kids in the middle of in the middle of the chaos, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but all good. Yeah, you're still going. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I play with Hi, the Nathan. Show. Hey, Dad. Hey, are you in Hawaii, Nate? Yeah. Oh, That's awesome. Right. How's Hawaii? Nice, mellow. Real nice, real mellow. Beautiful. Just cruising. The kids are at school, and everything's good. You got two kids now, right, Nate? I do. Yeah, how you like that? How you like that whole deal? Uh, it's been the best so far. You know, it's I couldn't ask for more. They're good kids. They're two boys. Isn't it rad? It's like. And, uh, I wish I would have had them earlier. I guess because I feel pretty old <laughs> for how young they are. But I don't know. I wouldn't have had it any other way. I guess. Right. Right. It's crazy, huh? I'm gonna move this weird thing behind me so I don't look like a total fag. <laughs> Nathan, make sure you speak about your kids uh, during the show, and see if they're getting into surfing and stuff. Oh, they do it all. They'll do it all. Laser burned the shit out of himself on his motorcycle, so we sold that. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dang. So we sold that. Get him a bigger one. Come on. Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. Right? Yeah, it's just. Where's John? Oh, it's only twelve now. There yeah, he is. Look at yeah. Yeah, he, he's usually gone uh, right about this time. Rod management, <laughs> he's coming in, huh? Yeah, you know, free lag did. He's still he's still on the free lag tour. He's <laughs> he's, cool. he's still not good. He's like Zabo when it comes to technology. You know what I mean? Oh God, me too. How is I see Zabo's post sometimes. Yeah, Zabo's nuts, man. He's all mountain bike guy, so he thinks he can huck like he used to huck, you know? 
So and he breaks. He still breaks just like he used to break, though. Yeah, dude. He, <laughs> he, he breaks. I mean, I, I finally got broke off. And, uh, I did my tib and fib. I had a pretty good blowout finally. But slowed yeah. me down a little bit. I broke my femur. It was pretty hectic Ooh. as well. Oh, yeah, that's no fun at all. Yeah, especially in the water trying to get to the beach is fucked. Yeah, I don't know. I, fuck, I don't Never did the water. I'm not good. Is that him? No, 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 John. Yet, let me uh, reach out to him, see where he's at. Let me give him a call. Yeah, he's not very punctual. Freeman. Stay tuned. I moved it the wrong way. Okay. What'd you move, Dan? Uh, you got the surfboards in there. <laughs> how's, Chris, how's Christian doing? He's good. He's got his GSXR 1000. He's fucking on the gas. Oh, shit. He's riding a fucking two-wheeler right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Probably as we speak. Oh, shit. Damn. Yeah, I haven't, he, rode, I haven't rode on the street in a while. He cruises at 120. Yeah, I used to do that. I'm fuck. It's been a while. Yeah, well, <laughs> he hasn't changed. That's all. It's like he's still full stick, huh? Yeah, he gets uh he gets to L.A. in 25 minutes from down south. Oh shit! <laughs> he was all stoked on COVID because the roads were empty. Oh yeah, during COVID it was amazing. It was yeah, like... he said it was like a racetrack, a four lane racetrack everywhere you went. Yeah, everybody was freaked out. Like I. I loaded up the, the the trailer and the camper and the UTV, and we went out to the desert. We went to Dumont, went all over the place, and it's like I felt guilty because you just any time of the day the roads are open, everything's all fucking wide yeah. open. Everybody's all locked up in their pad, you know. We got the camera. It was People good. were crazy. They they believed the hype. Oh, I know. People flipped out in California. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, over here it's shut down, but uh, it's not on yet. You couldn't go to the beach. You could be in the water though, so you'd have to run across the beach. Hi, mom. Hi. How's it going? Yeah, oh, look at Freelag. Hey, nice to join us, Freelag. <laughs> I just came to say hi. <laughs> you just in time. To hi, Debbie. Hi. How's it going? It's been a long time. Yeah. I'm telling you. <laughs> so do uh, good, you guys. Thank you. Uh, that was here. That was so hey, nice. Thank you. Hey, John. Hey, guys. Hey, hey welcome to the podcast, Free Dog. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody all uh, all set up? Yeah. We're all ready. We've been live for half an hour, dog. Where you been? <laughs> I don't know about a half Doing my hour, homework. Got all my notes here. Rock and roll, rock and roll. Yeah. All right. Let's start recording, and then uh, as soon as the video stops, you know what to do, John, okay? You'll take it away. Sounds good. Excellent. Wait, he's playing. <laughs> Yeah. 
right, John, feel free to take it away. I'll introduce this week's guest. All right. So uh, we have uh, myself, John Freeman, my partner, uh, Dana Nicholson. Uh, we are co-creators of Krusty Demons. We were involved back in the day with uh, the Fletcher family uh, back in surfing, snowboarding, motocross. And our special guests here are Herbie Fletcher, the legend, <laughs> and Nathan Fletcher, uh, his younger son uh, and brother to Christian Fletcher. So... Good to have the Fletcher family on, and uh, welcome, guys. <laughs> Thank welcome you. Good to see you. Yeah. So it's been a while, Herbie. Um, so maybe just to kick it off, uh, Herbie, <clears throat> you're where in San Clemente? Yeah, I'm down here in San Clemente next to Trestles. Okay. This is where uh, Christian and Nathan uh, grew up, you know, and... Uh -huh. And ventured out in the world from here. It's sort of a, a, it's a great surf spot, you know, for California. It's probably one of the best. Yeah. If not the best. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, Herbie, I gotta, I gotta chime in here. For the last two weeks, ever since we've been talking about this podcast, dude, I, I can't. I guess gotta go off on this tangent. I can't stop thinking about my old jet ski back in the day because back when, back when Damien and I were snowboarders and we first started we first met um, yourself and Nathan and Christian, you sponsored us for uh, Astrodeck. And back in that time, um, you gave, we went down we saw you down there and we went to the Astrodeck factory and you had the, um, the Astrodeck tray for the jet ski. I had one. Of yeah, the, the, yeah. I had a stand up jet ski and you hooked me up with one of those things. And it was the coolest, it was the coolest fucking thing I ever got like back in those days. Like I don't even care about the snowboard. I was so pumped on the, uh, on the jet ski, but I can't, I just can't get the, um, the first impression of, you know, back in those days was you on the stand up jet ski riding in front of the most massive wave that I've ever seen. Oh, I was just having fun. But yeah, I made a whole lot of Astrodeck for for padding and cushion, you know, because it was pretty radical with all the the big waves and you had to uh um have some cushioning on those uh landings because you'd jump like uh, oh, I don't know, fifteen, twenty feet in the air and come down and you'd sink under the water about a foot underwater. So you wanted a lot of cushion. <clears throat> and so, yeah, I was really stoked on, uh, on performance and seeing you guys, you know, jumping in the air and landing and, you know, taking it, uh, you and, uh, Damien, you know, at the <laughs> Varney jump, I forget what they were called. Yeah, the Varney air show. The yeah. And, you know, I took Nathan up there and, um, and Christian to, uh, and we started snowboarding, that was the but we, we made, uh, you know, I worked with Jake Burton on the, uh, stomp pad, you know, just, you know, so when you got off the chairlift, you had something to put your foot on that you didn't slip off your board. And, yeah. 
Well, I I'm think following your ass so much, Nathan. I think I think that's when we first met you. I think me and Damien were riding in the half pipe, and we met you guys. Like at, I think it was Summit or something like that. Yeah, it was the, yeah, it was it was the vertical hair show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, <laughs> we started putting. We would put the grab rails. I still have some of those. Like I saved the special ones for the special board, and we would put them. You know where we do the stale fish and the backside airs. We would line our uh, our boards, you know, as grab rails. Yeah, um, and- <laughs> I remember that. That was so much fun. Yeah, <clears throat> and then I made a surfboard for whoever won the the competition, and uh, Damien won that year. It was right. pretty rad. So he got a brand new surfboard. He was all happy. But yeah, I remember making all that stuff for everybody, and you guys got me into snowboarding. Yeah, I remember the first day, that, or not the first day, but one of the first times snowboarding, we went to meet you guys. I think it was at Mount Rose, and it was with Sonny Miller, and it was you and Zabo and Damien, and I want to say Dave Sioni. And yeah, Steve, Steve Graham. Graham was there too. Steve Graham and Zabo. Uh-huh. And well, if you if you remember that trip, it started out at, at uh, Snow Valley, and we were filming with these dudes from hard copy and I put the lens through the camera of the, one of the camera dudes moved and, uh, and then you guys are like, well, let's go to Tahoe. And then we all pinned it to Mount Rose Yeah. from there. And yeah. And what about Sonny Miller? We'll have to get into Sonny Miller. Cause how is that for a legend? You know what I mean? Yeah. He was a true legend and I was sad to see him go. Uh, and the worst part about it was he was taking care of his mom because I made a film with Sonny, and so I got to know him pretty well in the later years for Quicksilver. And uh, his mom had dementia, and so he took her everywhere. And then she had passed away, and then two days later, he died of a heart attack. Oh, my God. I didn't know it was like that. Yeah, it was so weird. He was such a nice I didn't guy. know that timeline. Wow. Yeah, he died of a broken heart, actually, I think. Man, which was terrible, but um, yeah, well, yeah, Sonny, he was right there for a lot of things, though. I feel like Sonny was definitely right in. Well, he was right the first, the- he was the first one that ever got me a shot in the magazine back when uh, we used to go to Mountain High with Jim Alisi and Sonny and, and Zabo and uh, and Damien back then. And like, he was our first uh, guy that ever got us published. And my like, first time I ever left the country was with Sonny, I went to Japan with Sonny. And, uh, yeah, dude, he is just freaking amazing. Yeah. He ran with a lot of legends, surfing, skating, snowboarding, the whole way through. Yep. We and love what that about, guy. Yeah, <laughs> I was even we talking, hung out with him it. quite a bit. Yeah. Well, do you I was always around. He, he liked the action. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He loved getting in, in the water, water photography, all that kind of stuff. So, Yeah. That yeah, I remember funny. that. I remember that session at Mount Rose. I was thinking about that because uh, people were talking about it with all this snow that we have this year. And uh, yeah, I'll never forget that that we went out and built up those hits back then. That was a pretty good session back then. I filmed that. I filmed that session, and uh, it was really great because when we first got there, all you guys jumped off the uh, the bridge or something. the bridge. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just jumped off the bridge in a big pile of snow, and I'm just going, fuck, man. <laughs> yeah, we used to jump off a lot of shit. Yeah. 
we still jumping, right, Dana? Now, why well, I, I did my I did my tib and fib. I exploded my tib and fib doing a little duel with Damien. Thought we were all fucking pro again, and uh, it didn't work out. So I I can still jump, but I'm not. I can't land very good. Oh, there you go. <laughs> my landing's riffy. You know what I mean? I can't come up short. So I can't jump anymore. Yeah. No, the only thing I the only thing I jump is my racetrack. I jump my truck. That's about it. You got a big so, seat, right? Yeah, it's got big shocks. I well, was I was talking to John, and I was recollecting about in Alaska when you guys had crashed the helicopter on that little bubble helicopter. I think it was in what ninety two or something. Uh something like that. Yeah, that was fucked up. Huh? Were you yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah, we were both there. Christian was there too. Yeah. I remember, remember that uh, Andy Brewer crashed in the plane, and I was giving him. I'm like, "Fuck, he crashed the plane without me!" And then the next day, we crashed in that fucking helicopter thing. But then and you guys just slid down the mountain. Well, we pulled the seat out, and we kind of like I snow pulled my snowboard from the wreckage, but uh, we pulled the seat out for the pilot, and he kind of slid out down it on that, and. Uh, the weirdest thing was on the way to Alaska, I took a fucking life insurance policy out on myself at LAX in the airport. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> so after we had that crash, Herbie and Nate, uh, so we had to figure out how to get that pilot down uh, because everybody else bailed. They thought, you know, those guys are doing you know foofter, you know, shots for double Ozabo or. Yeah, so we ended up uh, getting the guy down maybe about a thousand vertical feet, uh, and using his seat as a toboggan. And me and Dana are the you know snowboard uh, brakes behind this guy. So we get down to the the bottom there, and uh, if you guys remember that pass that's down there, yeah, these, yeah, we weren't quite to the heli place, and we weren't quite to the town, so we we're in between. Yeah, and. Uh, so there's a couple of guys standing on the side of the road. You don't see too many cars going into town from there. And so I'm standing there with, with a, a gun and a snowboard. <laughs> the pilot's standing there with a seat. And Dana's standing there with like his twin turbo hairdo and, and the whole thing. And the car that comes up, they're like, eh, no, I don't think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not picking these guys up. They, yeah, that was funny. Not look good. Yeah. Yeah, those were good times. Good times. Yeah, yeah now the great trip there. We'd go up on the cat when it was snowing, but we'd just hitchhike back, you know, to where the cat was. Because yeah, yeah. people would pick you uh -huh. up. They were pretty cool about that. Uh-huh. Yeah. But they, they didn't have any avalanche control, no guides or nothing. Remember, you'd buy the little chip for $25? And then uh, we had the pilot Chet, who was just absolutely crazy. Well, uh, Chet had Chet had avalanche uh, control. It's called a forty-five. Yeah, right. Yeah. Don't get out of line. That's, <laughs> Chet, that's what he. That's what he shot the dog with on the runway. Actually, that was in the way. Oh really? <laughs> Dude, Chet Chet left us in the books yeah. for hours. We almost spent the night in the books one time. Like, you know, they say, "Oh, don't go out there unless you're going to spend the night." We didn't have none of that fucking gear. He picked us up though. He pulled it. 
No, the, the airplane came in. It's oh, that was the, the airplane. The, the, the beaver. The beaver. The beaver. Yeah. I'm going to have to look at all that footage, man, because that was crazy. Hey, we, well, when we yeah. do this documentary, Herb, that we're trying to do, we'll have to get into all this shit because there's so many untold stories, right? What about going, through, going through that big cave? Um, I forget if it was a helicopter or a plane that took us over there, but you had to go down the mountain through a big cave, an ice cave, right? It was all like green and and uh, unbelievable. It looked like jade inside there. Yeah, Alaska's no joke, huh? <laughs> no, it wasn't no joke. Okay, well, what about, what about... Nobody knew what they were doing, though. That was the best part about it. It was like a free-for-all. I'm... <laughs> we had to name the mountains. Yeah. Did I remember like, when, when... What's they it called? I don't know. They would ask yeah. if you had an avalanche peeper on, and we would wear our Walkmans, and they would just fill your chest thinking that you had the peeper right here. But we would just put our Walkmans right there and be like, oh, we're good. We got, we got them. Yeah. <laughs> we were so fucking stupid for going out there. Yeah, so dumb. Well, but ignorance is bliss, though. That's how you get shit done, is not knowing any better. Now they have all the rules, and it costs all the money, and I don't know. It's it's oh, good, yeah. but I feel like... Well, they take the fun out of it. They take the fun out of it. Hey, what about... What was it, Nathan? It was like at 25 bucks, wasn't it? Like I swear, it was something, $25 Maybe 25 bucks for the beaver. Maybe it was like 50 for the heli, something like that, and you buy yeah. a chip. Yeah. yeah, I don't even think it was that much for the hill. Hey, our biggest—we were in the planes a lot. Our biggest yeah. mistake is we flew out of the bar with the pilot right out of the bar in the helicopter. Well, that's the one that we crashed. Yeah, that wasn't a good idea. Well, hey, yeah. Johnny, did you did you queue up some shots? Because I want to like the stand yeah, yeah. the stand up stuff that Herbie used to do in the big dog stuff was so innovative before. You know what I mean? Like what they had those little X2 jet skis, but there was no type of like rescue jet ski back in the day, right, Herbie? No, I was the first one. And, um, uh -huh. you know, I got that around the time Nathan was born. Oh, okay. Let's and go. I got my uh, first, hey, uh, first jet ski. And I just, you know, we tested them out and I was just so yeah. stoked. I always wanted uh, a motorized surfboard. And so when the jet ski, they had us test them, we wrecked them all, but it was just the answer. It, uh -huh. I mean, I just couldn't even believe it. I was so stoked. I wanted to show everybody and have such a good time and told people. I, I told Christian when he was about six in the small surf and then let him uh, ride it one time and he almost ran me over in the in, on the inside. But <laughs> I finally got the thing to Hawaii in 81. And uh, I was just so stoked to get out there. And yeah. uh, so I rode it at Malaya, and that's the fastest wave in the world. It was just a freak swell that came up in uh, November, which it's off season. But I was over there filming the sailboarders at Ho'okipa. Okay. And that, that was pretty cool. And then the surf came up and got a good hey, day. Uh, uh yeah, real, real quick, Herbie. Uh, let, let's go to uh, the Herbie folder and uh, go to the one uh, with the jet skiing. Okay, real quick, though, Herbie. When the jet skis, like, we used to take ours down to Newport, and my buddy, he made the jet ski movie, but, like, like we used to go out and hit the waves and, and do jumps in the wave, and i get 10, 15 feet in the air and just jump right the fuck off. But, like, the stuff that... 
Like, what gave you the idea to actually do the crap that you did on a jet ski in the surf? Like, that, that shit's gnarly. That's like, it's not even, like, you got issues on that stuff. You're gnarly. Well, I sure had a good time. It was a lot of fun. Jumping like, around uh, and riding waves. I could ride 100 waves. <laughs> <laughs> I could ride every way to the set. Until so, you run out of gas. You just saw it as a motorized surfboard, huh? Sort of, or sort of like a motorcycle, you know. Uh, motorcycle on waves. Instead of the dirt. A wet bike. No, no not a wet bike. Those suck. Yeah, those suck. <laughs> I had one. Yeah. The, the regular jet ski is the real ski, the jet ski. Yeah, the standard. You know, it was narrow, and you could, it was the greatest uh, design because... I cut those things up and did all kinds of things with them. But uh, for small waves, I cut the back and made the thing narrower so it sat down in the water. And so you'd never leave the water so you could really turn hard in the face of the wave and not slide out. But yeah. in big waves, they would look hobby horse. And, you know, you you didn't want to do that. You You wanted to stay connected. And when it was narrow, it sucked down and then fly out on the next chop. But it worked really good in the face of waves because you could just carve and it would stay hooked up and you wouldn't slide out. But then my jumping ski, I put um, uh, side fins about uh, two and a half feet long, like rails and about uh, three inches wide. So when I jumped and I'd put them above the water line, but when I jump, I would, uh, it would cushion my landing. And, and so that was a big deal. And I'd cut off the back because you hit your tailbone on the, on the side gunnel. But I padded all that stuff with, you know, different custom stuff. I had to make all that stuff. And so then Kawasaki saw that I was doing, they didn't like me, you know, especially the lawyer. <laughs> And but they copied a lot of the things that I did, like the sponsons when they put the sponsons on the uh, the sides of the gunnels, and you know it was just uh, a different deal, and it was new. And then they came out with uh, bigger, and and then uh, the wave runners came out, and you know the personal watercrafts got the big thing, and they used them in rescue. But I rescued a few people and, um, you know, turned the Hawaiians onto it over there, uh, riding waves and everything. They'd see it and they got sponsored by Yamaha, which was a big deal because they could, uh, you know, rush out and save somebody. So Terry Ohui was the lifeguard at uh, the beach park and pipeline. Mm -hmm. And he called me up one day and said, Herbie. I just saved a guy's life. All I did was see a, a board tombstoning out there. And I rushed out there and pulled him up and gave him CPR on the, on the ski, actually, and saved his life. But from what I understand, they bring him to the beach now before they do CPR because it's more stable. Uh -huh. Anyway, it's a great, it's a great uh, tool to rescue people. And the lifeguards now have it tuned in and and you see the surf contest there's always one on the side always ready and they got the blow up vest and yeah yeah well how well, rad is, come on herbie how you, rad you uh, revolutionized the something there herbie 
What'd you say, Dana? I said, you're the guy that re yeah, revolutionized that for like countless lives that have been saved and the, even the potential of, you know, where surfing has gone to with, you know, toe-ins and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Like you're the, you're pretty much the guy in the forefront of all that shit. I am the guy in the forefront. Yeah, well, let's, see the, let's see the footage. I'm calling it. Let's see the footage. Yeah, I wore a life vest, and and uh, uh -huh. and so I'd come up because I'd go right outside logs, and you know, pipeline was big, second and second reef, and you know, big waves. But I had the power. Can you know? we? Hey, can we see some of the stuff? And at the same time, is there is there a spot where you named Herbie? Windmills. You need windmills. Yeah, that was back in '66 on Maui. Let's watch some Herbie. You can just. In fact, this is windmills. It's taken from the cliff. Oh, okay. Herbie takes to the sea on his modified. This pipeline. That was the first time out at pipeline. <laughs> Herbie's antics are incredible as he powers around pell-mell, speeding himself into positions and situations never before possible. I love to go surfing in big waves. This is Malaya going about 40 miles an hour. Wow, yeah, there so it is. Now I have this engine, and the I take it. The tube in the world. My pipeline's closed out, and I go out. There's reefs on the outside, and I go in between them, and uh, it's bizarre being out there all by yourself. Badass, Herb. Big mountains of water, and nobody knows where you're. That's are. flying, huh? You yeah, know, yeah. You can't do that on a surfboard. No, if you I'd take like off to put it on air, a big day. You can't go that fast. Without the help of his jet ski to get him out of harm's way, this sort of behavior would be considered suicidal. But it's this kamikaze attitude that makes him so much fun <laughs> to watch. Just hang on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, Is that with the thinner tail? Right waves, one day decided to really get outrageous and tried to go for a surf at Waimea Bay. People were pretty surprised as he jetted off into the 20-foot surf. Not quite sure what to think, but what followed is the They're all sitting on the beach wanting me to eat shit. <laughs> no, they were sitting under the tree. It was closed out and nobody wanted to go out and so... I just gave a show, actually. <laughs> Taunting it, huh? It was a lot of fun. Nathan was there. Yeah, it doesn't look like it did from the beach, though, on these angles. They had the wrong angle, man, because it was... That was, was a closed-out wave. Yeah, it looks... They, they were on the wrong <laughs> You're just angle. hanging in there. Yeah, I just hung on. It was like a flag <laughs> flapping in the wind. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you then? I was about nine. Nine. We were uh -huh. sitting in the lifeguard tower with Jerry Lopez because Lopez got my dad. He was firing my dad up to go, and then he really yeah. wanted to see me eat shit. <laughs> How could you not? And then I was scared, for I was tripping. You know, it yeah. looked like death. And um, there was definitely a couple wipeouts that day. Uh, well, Peter McGonagall, he was out, but then uh, Scott Farnsworth had like a two-way hold down, and when he got to the beach, he was choking and coughing up water, and it was a poor deal. And uh -huh. in, in those days, you could pull right up on the side and look, or right down into the uh, parking lot, but it's all kind of 
corrugated off now or whatever they have, you know, guardrails. Uh -huh. But yeah, me and Jerry were sitting there and Jerry was telling my dad, get your ski, come on, today's the day, blah, 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 you've been waiting for this. And then he was like, I don't know, okay, well, oh. And then it was, uh, yeah, he got into it and then went out and just amazed everybody. But the one set was like the biggest set of the day, that wave that you saw, or from what I remember, I was a kid, but... Uh huh. As, as it came in, you could just see the whole thing stacking on the horizon where you're like, oh, this one's exponentially bigger or gnarlier. And then he went out and did a U-turn on the thing and came in. <laughs> and as he was coming in, it was like people were screaming the whole bay. You know, it's like an arena. You could hear the people yelling. And then it was like all of a sudden he started getting sucked back up the face because he went from the second reef outside where it was all slopey. Yeah. Inside. And when he got sucked up the face, you couldn't tell from the beach. He has probably a better story to tell, but it, all of a sudden he got to the one spot and he took back off down the face and that's when he fell off or hit bumps and he didn't let go. And it was like he was dragging, boom, and the white water exploded. And then he <laughs> disappeared and everybody was like, oh, like, you know, that one sound when it goes silent. Oh, and then he was gone for maybe a second or two seconds. And then when he came out of the white water, it was like a rock concert. The whole bay erupted. Everybody cheered, like screaming. Ah! <laughs> and uh, it was awesome. kind of like the thrill of victory is what <laughs> I remember being like. And then yeah. when, he the, when he came to the beach, because he rode it all the way straight in up the beach. And none of this is legal now. You couldn't do any of this anywhere on the North Shore. But he gets to the beach and gets off. And he's like, oh, man, my balls are so bruised. <laughs> from hanging on the jet hits you right in the balls on the stand up right if you're flapping behind it oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was full blast that's what i that's how i recall it that was a great day it was a big big day nobody had ever ridden it that way but you know riding the ski on those big waves <clears throat> um gave a lot of freeman uh freedom to uh the surfers because you know the rescue but you could check out the waves on the outside which you could never check out before and now look what they're riding they're riding you know waves twice that big at least i mean they're riding giant waves it's incredible what they're riding now and well, that they, got thing the rescue, they got the vest and all that in that wave i i didn't even have a vest on but peter uh -huh. cole said it was the biggest wave ever ridden at the time Man, yeah. I, I remember that shit from back in the day. I remember those images and, like, as a pro snowboarder, like, we used to look up to you like, fuck, Kirby's gnarly. Like, we thought we were crazy snowboarders, but we, like, we didn't want nothing to do with that shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, it was new. Now, God, I remember a time when um, I'd just gotten over a, a broken knee, a snowboard injury. I took out a tree, and I'm just, it's just healing, right? It he just, took out the tree. The tree didn't move, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> I broke the tree, in fact, with my leg. Uh, but anyway, my my leg healed, my knee healed, and everything. So I'm in Hawaii. I just get there, right? <clears throat> and I cruise by Nathan's house, and there's a truck there with the hood open. And I'm looking at it. I'm parked across the street. And then finally, he pops his head around the around the hood and goes, Hey, Dad! Hey, Dad. Hey, um, hey, can you tow me in? And I go, what are you talking about? And, he go, and it was about 30 feet at um, 
at alligators. You know, it's it's just west of uh, Waimea, and it was a mm-hmm. giant day. And he gives me the ski that has a hole in the side about, you know, the size of a golf ball. Yeah, quarter. <laughs> but it's above the water line. And, and so he goes, oh, you can do it, you can do it. So anyway, he talked me into going out there and towing him in. And I kept the ski above the, uh, uh, with the hole above the water line, towed him around. I told him, hey, when this thing starts filling up with water, I'm going to the beach. Anyway, he got a couple waves, but this one Brazilian guy just went over the fall so gnarly. <laughs> and uh, and then the jet ski came in to pick him up with the, the guy with the camera. Yeah. And because uh, there was two skis, they're, they're um, you know, wave runners. Anyway, he got sucked up over the falls and really ate shit, man. It was gnarly. Yeah. But uh, they were both done. When he was pulling the guy, he pulled the guy and stayed in the wave. And the guy was behind him, ate shit. And the ski tried to kick out. And as he, the ski went up, it went over the falls and over the surfer. <laughs> oh, jeez! It was pretty crazy. It was big. Yeah, I can't, I can't fathom isn't that. that. Isn't that in one of the movies? Seems like I've uh, seen... Something like I that. I think I put it in a movie. Yeah, I had a friend yeah. uh, filming yeah. it from the top of the hill. You remember that day, Nathan? Me, yeah, I remember it. It was '98, and yeah, we were at Hank's house. Yeah. Yeah, and you were stuck in traffic or something. I looked out, and you just so happened to be passing by. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I just parked and looked. At, I was looking for you. <laughs> well, I should have kept driving. <laughs> Well, no, it's a pretty exciting day. Yeah. I got, I got, uh, Herb, um, I'm going to have, uh, hey, Maestro, uh, play the Astro Deck, uh, one with a collage of pictures. And Herbie, you can kind of tell us about, uh, back in in these days. And you can relive it right here. Hey, hey, real quick before you play this, um, I have a question because we'll probably see Christian in here, I imagine. Um, before we get into like some, you're gonna see every good surfer in the world back then, right? Little demo, yeah. Mind. Well, like as another, uh, you know, uh, hat okay. Just you, call you back. I'm doing a podcast and a, and a first, you know, a first off. I feel like like when we were back in the pro snowboard days, Christian was so far ahead of his time in surfing that he got the short end of the stick. Like he was absolutely insane on the surfboard. But people didn't even understand it. You know what I mean? So um, let's roll your thing, Maestro, but let's chime well, back on that. Well, Nathan can talk about that, too. He was right there in the thick of things. Right. Well, then we got to talk about Nathan's ass. I see him popping up on some 500-story wave. That's a whole other riddle. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, go ahead and play, and then we'll get into that stuff. Yeah, those were all fun days doing ads and, you know, taking photos and making new Astrodex for everybody and, and working with everybody in their feet and rock and roll. <laughs> and we're into rock and roll. Yeah. You got a lot of uh, guys that went number one in the world. Right? Yeah, covered the world with Astrodex. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Like with, with Christian doing the airs was was like, you know, what I mean, was the Astro Deck concept uh, kind of a, a part of that, or was it was the jet ski stuff before the surfboard stuff? Like, no, I was a surfer, you know, from uh, when I was ten years old, and I made surfboards. I made surfboards in Hawaii. Um, developed the mini gun with Gary Chapman and Brewer and Henson and myself. You know, we experimented a lot, down rails, did a lot of things, even <clears throat> even brought back longboard surfing in the 70s with the thrill is back. But uh, doing the Astro Deck, more traction in the action, right? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I went skateboarding. I, I was one of the guys who uh, skated the first pools, you know, it was a burnt down ranch in Stanton and we uh, skated this pool. We had to make our own skateboards. I put clay wheels on the first, I was the first one to put clay wheels on a skateboard. But um, <clears throat> Christian was there and Nathan was there and they go to the skate park and they were doing airs and they were skateboarders, you know, and surfers. And so Christian started riding his skateboard on the water and they helped me a lot, Christian and Nathan. Nathan was really a big influence on Astrodeck and, you know, he worked with, uh, you know, he'd surf with Michael Ho and all these great guys that you see in those ads. And um, he's yeah. a little, he was a little designer and, and we did the Thrasher pad with uh, Michael Ho, which was like a, a half moon on the tail and it was raised up but being a skateboarder and going to the skate parks they want nathan wanted christian wanted something more tail. back there yeah and so, um we put a, a bigger kick and so they could use it and then i worked with glenn winton on the arch bar we just started st sticking pro uh pro strips they were they were about this they're a little over an eighth inch, three sixteenth of an inch thick. Anyway, we stacked them on top of each other and made an arch bar. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the kids played a big part because I wasn't a performance surfer like those guys. In the early days in my uh, teens and uh, early 20s, yes. But then um, I, I moved back to California, put Christian in school and, and get, uh, started making surfboards. So uh you know the kids grew up and they were into performance um surfing and so christian started doing airs he jumped around and i'd make him ride longer boards to smooth out his style but he liked to go fast and and pop airs and nathan did all that stuff but i think he wanted to surf more like tommy carroll and and do heavy cutbacks and little stalls and ride the tube and but he did all the aerials as well. Still doing them. Hey, Maestro, let's go to, uh, on the Herbie folder, let's go to the uh, number three. Well, I'll right tell you. The Astro Deck. Hey, I'll tell you back in the day as a snowboarder, like we thought Christian was just so far advanced. It was yeah, ridiculous. Was and we couldn't understand how he didn't get the props. You know what I mean? Like, like me and Damien, we tried to surf, but we couldn't, we had no understanding of the two. We sucked. No. Well, in my opinion, though, <laughs> growing up being Christian's brother, uh, there was one, two words that really, you know, like defined who Christian was. And, um, and in my opinion, that was supernatural. He was, he was 
by far uh, tapped into something that nobody else really is, and it was just something that he has that's different, and it's some weird X factor. And the reason I know this is because certain things I've seen him do with my own eyes, being five years younger than him. But uh, one, when we were little kids on BMX bikes, I was six years old. He was like 11, and I might have been seven and him 12. But uh, him doing a backflip on his BMX bike off just a little dirt jump in the lot across the street from our house, and he did it twice in a row. And there was just so many instances where he was, you know, like he got run over by a car and the car drove up his leg and then put it and it reversed up his leg and then drove back off. And like, it didn't hurt him somehow. He like <laughs> away, but, uh, just certain things like that. I never heard that. <laughs> That's something uh, you don't tell dad. Yeah. Well, he- but, but that transcended into a surfing and, and a, the real reason I think he was doing airs is because my dad, he would take us to the big O and, uh, it would be me and my brother and Jason, Jesse, and we'd go to the skate park and, and I was just little, I was nowhere near my brother or Jason, you know, but Christian skated really well at the time. And my dad would be telling us, it's all about airs. Look at what the guys are doing. And when we'd go to the skate park, you would be guys like Dwayne and this and that, and Christian could ollie over the channel and the capsule bowl. And it was just the very beginning of uh, those times or whatever and surfing. It hadn't got there yet. And so he, he had a good vis- visualization of what was happening like at Del Mar and the keyhole and what different guys, what Hasoy was doing, what these people were doing. And he could fill it, but he could surf good enough to where once he could cross that over, that was really the only thing on his mind was like going big and going kind of into the future. Just like when uh, in snowboarding before guys did like, they just did a backflip and then Cardiel did the spinning flip. And then it was like the rodeo flip just ca- you know, to where now it's everything's like a, a spinning flip or whatever. And so, in my opinion, it was similar to uh, those kinds of times, but it was in surfing. Nobody knew what an ollie was. Nobody knew what a method was. Nobody knew any of these things. And, and Christian already knew all those things. And then he learned how to do them on his skateboard and then across. Because you were skating vert at the same time, right? Yeah. Go, going to the skate parks. And that's what was crossing over into snowboarding. And so people were doing method off a straight jump or like a stale fish where, you know, like skiers didn't see any of that. And then in surfing, the surfers had never seen anything like that. They didn't really know until it started, until he started doing it. And then they started paying attention. But it was like they didn't know really what a McTwist was or a 540 or, or the difference in any of these different maneuvers. And so nobody even knew what the names of the stuff he was doing. And uh, you know what the difference? It also drove him crazy in a sense. But... I really feel that he had something supernatural and then was tapped into skateboarding and snowboarding and, and surfing was so far behind in technical maneuvers at that time that he was just adapting and the progression. And now people are like, Oh, he's the best. But at the time they're like, Oh, he's not surfing. Look at his style. Look at, he can't do this or that, but he could. Um, and so it's just interesting. And then these other people kind of capitalized on it because they stayed with the the uh, conformist side of the sport and they, they, uh, you know, they said what they were supposed to say and looked how they were supposed to look. And once people didn't really acknowledge it, he just took it even more the other way. It was like, fuck you all the way to like, to the fullest extent. But (laughs) if you loved him, then you loved him, you know? So you could go to the end of the earth, like who knows where in some weird place in Japan and you got a Christian Fletcher fan or you go to Australia into the outback you find people, they know who Christian Fletcher is. It's crazy where it didn't like, uh, 
I don't know. It was just, it was a, an like it stuck worldwide, but it, it never caught on to the mainstream. He never was hit the mainstream, but there was these diehard people that all believe and uh, praise him. And it's that's probably people. right when we met you guys. Oh, yeah, you were, was you were like waist high yeah. to me and Dana. Well, and you know, like, what, what I've always... Hair, a little toehead, and then we knew Christian. And I think that's, you're, you're describing the era that uh, I think we came out and you guys started snowboarding with us on some adventures up by Palmer's house and, and this and that. Um, probably local mountains. Yeah. You know what I always trip? Hey, here's what I always trip on with Christian was like he's the one surfer in, in my eyes that was like a natural, like a McGrath or like a Pastrana. Like he could do anything he wanted to, and he could land on on the board half cocked, twisted, this or that, and just gracefully like ride out of it. You know what I mean? And it's it's kind of uh, that was like what I always saw. He had like the natural um, flow to do basically whatever he wanted to do on a surfboard, you know? He could imagine it and think it and then do it. And, yeah. Uh, and it was and that's what, time. you know, it, it really pissed off the mainstream people because they didn't know what he was doing or they couldn't do it, right? They yeah. couldn't do it. Well, they, they didn't even get it. You know, they the didn't funny, understand it. Like, if you look back. And I made movies, you know, so I don't know. A lot of people got jealous of all that stuff. Why I live like it changed that. surfing, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, you know the funny thing is like when we went through like all that and say we went through snowboarding, you guys met us as snowboarders. If you look at um like snowboarding nowadays, like I couldn't even hit one of the like all the jumps, everybody spins. No matter what you do, you have to spin a nine hundred or fourteen hundred or fifteen thousand. And if you really look at it, if you tell those guys just go down the mountain and do a straight jump, a lot of them can't just do a straight jump without spinning. You know what I mean? Like everything's designed different. Everything, all the parts are different from like it was. You know. You know what I? You know what I noticed too is a lot of people don't really ride their rails. Where before, like that was kind of a form of how good you were is how you put it rail to rail and came into sections and like aired off the transition of a cat track and then how you drew your lines where now it's kind of like they slip and go flat and slip and boom, they do something crazy off the hit where, and I felt like even when Brushy came out from, you know, the East coast and when he would just sharpen his rails and how he would just hit like the crazy, uh, the ice, all this stuff at the local mountains, but how good he was on his yep. rails, like his rail yep. control to where now you don't really see that. It's kind of more on like only you're only judged on what you're doing in the air compared to like, how hard you're turning and how your track is or just how your setups are to where that's not really important anymore. I feel like not that I'm a snowboarder, but I do go snowboarding, but I was just noticing these guys are so good, but they're not even really riding their board to their full potential because they're so worried about the air. It's not about riding anymore. Almost. Well, if you look at, if you look at freestyle motocross with the airbags, now it's like, you know, everything's airbags and this and that. And it's like, I don't know. It's so it's that's another thing. What about the one jump show, the freestyle? I think it was the first one ever, the fr first freestyle out there in Vegas. <laughs> that, yeah. was, that was all created because of, you know, our snowboard world and, yeah. and the whole thing we like is, you know, basically the the finish line jump. But that was Dana and uh, and 
and lofty, lofty or something. Jordan, lofty. Hey, lofty, Nate, yeah. Nate, what about what about this? What about uh, uh, two years? What about when we bring Pastrana out to Beaumont and you show up and you're hitting a hundred and freaking 20, 30, 50 foot freaking knoll with Pastrana's ass, dude? You're going huge. Remember that? That was the day I quit. I almost crossed up and locked up and almost died that day. Dude, that was huge. I remember, I remember I hit a jump, and it was 250, CR250 pin, fifth gear. <laughs> I landed in the squirrel holes, and I remember just going, doo, 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 and my one hand coming off, and then grabbing uh, and just making it and going, oh, my God. <laughs> if I would have crashed, I would have died right there. I'm pretty hey, sure. uh, nice You were pretty hardcore, Nathan, into the motorcycle stuff. You yeah. even uh, named the Metal Militia, right? Oh uh, yeah, but that was, yeah, that was all interesting too. But um, it was a whole nice. chapter. Yeah, I mean that was. Uh, well, he was out there riding, Larry. Larry. Yeah, that was like with Palmer, uh, even like at Rob Morrow's race. I remember Morrow would have a race, and uh, Jamie Lynn rode motorcycles. Hetzel, Brett Johnson, Zolo, yep, Dana, Damian, uh, yeah. all of them, and then uh, uh -huh. yeah, it was. It hey, was uh, Maestro, like, go to. Uh, Krusty three, go, uh, zero eight fifty. Oh yeah, I think we filmed that, didn't we? <laughs> uh, yeah, the jump that you're talking about, Nathan. Oh, cool. I yeah. haven't seen it, and I saw it one time. Uh huh. You had to be pretty heavy to be in Krusty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was Krusty three when we. Yeah, but you got you started it. We're just you following came out with us to Beaumont. Yeah. Yeah. Who's that? So Maestro Krusty 3, there we go. It's coming up right after Pokeroba each There's Pastrana, probably Mickey Diamond. That was Is that you job. right there, Nate? There you go. There's the big dog. Yes, yeah, scrolling back to that last jump if you could, Maestro. But at the time, at those times, nobody ever did what they had done now. So it's like going 100 feet was big, you know? It was. Yeah. It, How about jumping the Colise jumping into the Coliseum through the arches, Nathan? Yeah, that was a big joke. People, all the motocrossers laughed, but it was. A Is good that time. you right there, Nate? I think so. I might have been the second one actually. But then Mickey pause, Diamond Nate, in the air right there. There you go. Mickey Diamond was a uh, what a what a rad dude and um, oh yeah, huh? Hang with him, and he was the first one that I ever saw. He came to Larry's house with that multi-dimensional jump that went both ways, and that was the first jump that anybody had that was multi-directional. Yeah. And uh, and for him being like a national champion or Supercross, but how good his riding skills were. It was like he was next level, and he was just so cool. Well, he can see he can see the vision, like yeah. when we, like when we used to go snowboarding. Like say when we used to go to Mount Rose, we would look at the train and we would figure out jumps. That's one thing I think when we came into motorcycles, like motocrossers didn't like read the train, like like that jump right there. That would have been a sick snowboard jump. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was the funny thing about motocross at the time. It was very straight. Nobody was looking at anything on angles or hips 
or really okay. transition orientated because they were they were raised on racetracks compared to uh, skating and snowboarding. And that was, you guys really helped influence that whole thing, I feel like. And then digging kickers out in the mountains and, and then uh, with Seth going into the dunes when you guys hit that jump. When I remember seeing you guys at the trade show right after and you're like, oh, look at my boy. He was on his way out. Look at what he did. <laughs> and then, uh, he, right? Cause he thought it was a good idea to show. be in fifth gear. Yeah, and I remember like, but I was like, holy, I could not believe what he did right there. And uh, <laughs> that really launched him into a whole new level of Seth. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that was on your guys' way out, right? From wherever he lived on the east? Uh, we're, you guys were, we're, going, uh, we're going to uh, Mammoth. Uh, Mammoth for the Mammoth Border Cross dirt bike race. Remember when they used to do the the border? Oh yeah, that I, deal. We were there. And I was there. Seth, right. Seth had never seen the sand dunes, so I figured he fell asleep in the van. So I'm like, well, fuck, this motherfucker's gonna wake up in the sand dunes. I figured I'd give him a treat, you know. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he took it all wrong. He went wide open. That was insane. Yeah, that changed motorcycle jumping, though. You know, that changed things. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. A lot of hang time, huh? <laughs> yeah. And, and like you, Herbie, uh, you always hung on, on to that jet ski. And that was, <laughs> Seth always thought, you know, at least I'm not going to let go of this thing. Because a lot of people throw, right, Nathan? They throw their I've, bike when they're in trouble. Yeah. Nobody had seen anything like that. Seth just goes, you know what? I got suspension. I'm just going to use it. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, suck it up. I got, I got one. Let's, let's go this way. Um, like Seth, Seth's ridiculous. And that was like, nobody's ever seen anything like that. But now years later, Nathan, when, when all of a sudden we see you out there on some like five story wave, like you already knew what you were doing. You did that on purpose. Like, like we, let's talk about that whole deal. Cause that, that, I mean, that compares to the Seth thing that compares to your pops that compares to Christian. Maestro, why don't we go? To, I think that's uh, one step above. <laughs> I mean, that compared, yeah, it's like, like, like that's, like, I told my wife, I'm like, holy fuck, look at little Nathan, like, you know, from back when, you know, you remember meeting. Shelby. Well, I got phone calls at my desk from the boats out there saying, you just can't believe what your kid just did, and I'm just trying to think. I mean, he's just down there surfing, right? What, what the hell? Yeah, and, uh, they're going, they were calling me this, you know, I was getting phone calls. This, you can't believe it. You can't. And then when I saw it, <laughs> wow. Right? Hey, Maestro, away. we can go there. Uh, go to the Nathan folder, uh, number two. Yeah, Nathan tried to break the internet with that one. Yeah. There was well, like you know what? Covers, eight covers around the world in one month. Awesome. Sick. I think. It might have been more. No, it was eight, I think. It just was a long time coming is all, you know? Low <laughs> sea level. Jump around, whatever time, eight o'clock. Saw Slater on the side of the road. Pulled over and talked to him. Well, what do you think is going to happen out there today? He's all, uh, somebody's going to catch the biggest wave ever today out there. Pretty much scared right then for whoever that's going to be panicking because now it's like i can see waves and it's good and makua said oh you know what it started with some music ski all with me into something well you want this one i was all yeah you know 
you know, everybody wants to go. Not enough to work. Nobody really wanted to go put me in. And then at the bottom, when you come down to the bottom, all you see, or all I saw was, you know, the trough coming down and then going up. And then the boat <laughs> I didn't think I was going to make it half as far as I did. He was like, no. And then Kobe is all like, go. It felt like I was lower than everything is what it felt like. like that I was down in a hole and trying to get up and over there. I just got to make them. That's all I got to do is just kick out, you know, because that's what I'm all about, kicking out in big waves. I don't even care if you get barrel, whatever, as long as you kick out, because the more beating you take, it's less big waves you're going to ride. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like the boats disappear because the waves sucking. I remember just going through it, going through it, and then getting kind of whatever, a little white water coming by. And then I was just like, oh, I'm not going to make it. And then I was like laying back on the foam ball, and then that's when I could just kind of see the boats again. So that's when I was laying back and looking up. Right oh. there is the spot. I'm not making it right now. This is the worst position you could ever be in. So I got rattled, and I was so surprised, and I told this to everybody, but didn't seem that bad because I was trying to keep my bearings, but I couldn't even believe that I came up. Just, Where'd he go? Yeah. This is, I'm not, I thought I was I'm dead. I think it's just not coming up. And so all of a sudden, boom, I came up and I was like checking everything. I was like, I'm all right. And I can't believe I'm already breathing air because I figured I'd just be down there. Whatever. <laughs> people got to me, they got to me. And I was like, well, that wasn't that bad because. <laughs> you can play yeah, that other that one. Didn't even look real. Has there been a wave that big since Nathan? Oh uh, yeah, I think so. They, there's, you know, there's a, probably different ones, but uh, Koa's was really big. He just fell off. Anybody who's got it's kind of whatever, but uh, nobody's really made it that far from that deep as a thing, and so. I think there's maybe been two other waves. They had another swell that got that big, but only a few people caught waves. Um, but there's a, a photo that uh, Brian Bielman has taken. And the photo really is, nobody's got a photo like it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You guys don't have the photo, but anyways, <laughs> it's. Hey, uh, Maestro, play, play the, the other one that we have. The, that was uh, insane. Somebody shot super slow motion of that one that's okay. what i was gonna tell you there's phantom camera footage from it yeah let's go ahead and play that yeah. maestro so it's gonna be super slow so nathan maybe describe like <laughs> what it feels like to get towed okay, into see something the like speed. that this that yeah, this gnarly. one you can see it more but yeah, yeah. it was it, it was uh you know, Makua whipped me in. This was the only like, second wave of the day, but really, you don't know what it's like because you can't see the whole thing. And uh, I just thought it was one like everybody else. But right there, I'm you. You know, it's it's a struggle the whole way. I was struggling. It felt like the water wanted to suck me up and over. And then um, right here, it was just I don't know. It was surreal to be honest. And then at the moment. Right. came through that little pocket. Yeah. And then I had no weight on my board. So what I was trying to do was, because it was trying to suck me up, was reset and get back down to set a new line. Just air it in. And uh, and then right there, I just, I mean, I just thought I was going to die. And so, like, 
because I was like, make it, make it, just got to make it. And then, and then I didn't make it, right? And so that's <laughs> what I was saying in that other video is once I realized I wasn't making it, I was like, okay, you know, my life's been good. I went through a lot of tragedy right before that had happened mm -hmm. um, with my friend Sion Malosky drowning at Mavericks with us or with me and me finding him. And then Andy Iron mm -hmm. uh, passing away when me and Sion surfed Mavericks, the, you know, a couple months prior to that. And those two people I was real close to. And with Sion, I was with him and uh, found him. And then, and so really, I hadn't really done much. And so that was me and Bruce. We were, you know, together for all that. But uh, that mm -hmm. was kind of like a, he that was a heaven sent session because Bruce caught a couple waves and ate it just as bad almost. And for some reason, you know, the wave came to me. That wave was just bigger than every other wave. And, and I got lucky to ride it as far as I did, but it was just one of those things where I, if, you know, if you would have tried to have gone and done it, you would have never done it. It wouldn't have come to you. And it was just kind of heaven sent after all the tragedy I'd been through. And, and, uh, I guess it was just my turn because I'd been really pursuing a lot of big waves and all these sessions in the years past. Like I would say in the, in, uh, the past, like six years, maybe eight years prior to that, it was like every big wave session, um, and I was really working on the equipment and the design of the boards and the fins and, you know, the life vests and all these different things. And, and other people were doing the same thing. And then we were just, you know, just starting to surf like Jaws because the first session at Jaws was right before that, the first paddle session where it wasn't with jet skis and, and things were just changing. And, you know, throughout that, throughout the days, it's mother nature. So you can't really pick if you're going to ride the best wave or what wave you're going to get throughout the day, you can get out there sometimes not catch a wave. Sometimes, you know, get a good one, sometimes get okay ones. But in the end, it's up to mother nature, what you get and how your day goes. It's, it's uh, not like you can go set up a, you know, a, a kicker and look at it and ride around and check the landing and everything. It's like when just that one set comes, you just so happen to be in the spot and turn around and go, and then it morphs into whatever it's going to morph into. And, yeah, yeah. And you ride it. It's just you know, it's one of those things. It's like a wild ride. It's kind of almost like uh, I would compare it to like racing in Baja, you know, and having a cow walk into your, you know, you never know what's in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. like you just pick and go, but you don't know what the outcome's gonna be. And in the end, the one photograph that Beelman got, I look at and I'm like, man, I just can't even believe that was me that you know on that day, but. In the end, it was like I, I did a lot of things in my life and, you know, pushed the limits, did a lot of stuff and never really had a glory moment where it was like something that defined who I was or who I am and what I put into something. And so it was just time that like I needed, I guess, to solidify like, oh, people were like, oh, you know, you did something where all the sessions and all the, the build up to those moments were in surfing in big waves, you don't really get to see it, especially, you know, people don't go out with you and have it all documented. It's not like that. It's for a lot of the time before that you would just go out and do it on your own paddle to the outer reefs and go disappear. And then, um, you know, put yourself in these life threatening situations that nobody really knows about. And so it was kind of like a, a, a lifetime achievement award, I guess. And then because they were having the finals the next day of the contest and they had held off the finals that day all the media was there. So normally it wouldn't have got as much coverage, but because the, the WSL was on hold that day for the finals, 
all of their uh, photographers and all the media channels were all there to cover the WSL. So somehow it just all worked in my favor. <laughs> you were the story. Yeah, I survived yes. too. Which Life I and death. Yeah. I, yeah. I that was going to happen. So he lived. Yeah. And now we get to talk about it. And, and that's one thing too is like now that I have kids and stuff, and they're like, oh, dad, are you going to do this or that? And, and I kind of like tell myself, well, is it going to be like, I'll never be able to do that, you know? And so it was kind of a pinnacle of all things in my life and my career and, and of the pinnacle of gnarliness for me. And it was, it was kind of unintended, but it was a lot of long time coming and a lot of work to get there to have it all work in my favor like that. Some little bird, uh, neither. some little bird told me uh, in my ear that you wanted to drop out of a helicopter onto Mavericks. Yeah, no, I did that in the movie, uh, but it was did just you do a it? wave. Of, yeah, I did that. Um, and to be honest, that was super fun. And it was, uh, there's a movie called Heavy Water that's a documentary on my life or whatever, in big waves. And, uh -huh. and uh, I did that. And that's what Red Bull put in for the budget to make the movie. But oh, yeah, okay. The, the story is about catching that wave and the people dying and, and the whole deal. Uh -huh. yeah, out of the helicopter was fun. It reminded me of Alaska, to be honest. <laughs> Over here in the, in the wind and in the waves and the rain and stuff. And this pilot was incredible. He was like coming down, you know, 15 foot surf backwards, like looking at the wave, boom, and then go to Forbes and pulling over the back, like, uh, his name was Kai Akili, but we were, we were surfing in the helicopter, and it was kind of one of the funner things I got to do was just hang out on the skid with my board and, like, chase waves, chase waves down. And I just felt like you could jump into a wave, but um, with all the cameras, there was seven or I don't know how many angles with the GoPros, but there was at least, like, you know, seven major rigs, land rigs, guys on jet skis, cameras in the helicopter. And then they had the insurance, so I didn't get to practice it or do it more than a couple tries. And so it took us seven, seven hours. I think it was an hour for each try because I would do it, and then I'd have to get on a ski, go to the beach, get a cart to the helipad, and then fly out. And by the time you do one try, it took an hour. So I got to do it seven tries. Yeah. And, and it wasn't as high as I would like had imagined in my brain, but I was imagining. I wasn't putting into my head like all the logistics and like the insurance. I think it was like a $250,000 day between the cameras and the, the insurance and dealing with the FAA and stuff. And so <laughs> you're not I, supposed I, to ask, Nate, you're not supposed to ask. <laughs> you just no, me and Dana just did. Yeah. We don't yeah, have different times and you know, so, but yeah, in yeah. my head, I was thinking you could be 20 feet high, like Danny way when he jumped into the thing at the hard rock. That, yeah. But yeah. when you're in the wind and the offshore exactly. spray on a 20 foot yeah. swell, it's a little different. And so I was probably like six feet above the wave when I stepped off into the wave. Yeah. And, and I made it, but, but my fantasy was like going big into a big wave, you know, and that's, but it would take more than one day to do it, more flight time and all that. So, uh -huh. <laughs> well, you, you gave can, it a, you gave it a shot. Yeah, you, you can made, watch. Heavy Water's good. It was a good movie. Yeah, Heavy Water. Did, okay. did you ever did you ever see the self portrait that uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Mikey Bassett. Mike Bassett. Yeah, Mikey Bassett jumped out of a helicopter, helicopter in Alaska. 
I I saw that, but that was like two hundred feet. Well, he thought he was. <laughs> was he thought he was it lower was, than he it was. It was ridiculous. Yeah. He put the camera in the snow and went up by himself and had a remote. And, and like you're saying, you thought you were higher. He thought he was lower. And he, dude, that was the hugest fucking jump ever for, you know. The photograph of that. Yeah. Yeah. That was gnarly. Passage huh? took his own photograph. He didn't have a camera crew. Yeah, no. Yeah, he, he took that photograph himself. Yeah. And the video that's on the ground push the button for that and then jump. Yeah, see, I thought I saw it from a far angle where you could see the helicopter and him. Yeah. But yeah, so huge. that was my theory too, to go big. Like I felt like Danny Way is, you know, that's another person who's we snowboarded with and I'm sure you guys did too. Yeah. Um, and motocross. And motocross. And, uh, yeah. and that was kind of his recipe where it was like he was riding motorcycles, snowboarding. He was the first person I saw do a McTwist on a snowboard up the pipe at Snow Summit. He he corked it, alley-oop up. But, you know, like him having all these things, and then he got to the hard rock and jumped out of the helicopter, and that's how he got to, like, make the mega ramp, you know? And so it was by all these steps. And so in my head I was thinking, oh, that's what you got to do. You got to go bigger. You got to jump out of a helicopter and that's going to help these other guys like create something to even go bigger, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh just through progression, yeah. But surfing's different. Surfing's hey, let's different. go to uh let's go to uh Creatures of Habit, uh Maestro. Uh 3405. The good old days. The good old days. Yeah, yeah, right about there. Somewhere there because it's coming up. <laughs> yeah, all the things we used to do. We still like breaking it, I guess. Huh? <laughs> That's how you start your trip right there. <laughs> <laughs> so there's Christian. Oh, there's, Rambo. Uh, Grammy. So these are just clips out of like one of the creatures of habit movies that I used to edit down uh, at Herbie's place after it. Yeah, you were the only guy I let in there to edit, really. You I know, think it was midnight, midnight to eight in the morning, Herb. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, you were pretty cool and, and respectful and and also would turn me on to footage, you know? I think that was the thing. I would hang out with uh, with Christian and Nathan and, yeah, we'd either trade footage or, oh, there's your brother, Nate. <laughs> yeah. You know where that is. That's that was me right that there. Doom. There's Nate right there. Whoa. Nate. Yeah. Christian. Maddie Goodman. We can't forget Maddie. Oh yeah. Oh, good old Maddie. There's yeah. Mikey B. Yeah. Yeah. Brett Johnson there. Dana. There you go. Oh yeah. <laughs> Crazy. There's Christian just airing over somebody. Heads Heads. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, it was like. Oh. Uh, there's Zabo. That was yeah. cool. that was a cool trip right there. Yeah, Zob. 
Yeah, there's Zabo. You know, that was a real jump right Quarter there. Quarter pipe. Yeah. Like, we used to make I real jump. Oh. you, Dana, right there. Yeah. There's Damien. That's all Alaska. <laughs> Rocket Reeves. You guys been drinking <laughs> Randall. That's him. That's good enough. There's the boys. Yeah. So that that kind of shows us a, a cool little look at like back in the day of uh, creatures of habit. And gosh, Nathan, you were you were like I don't know about that big. <laughs> Maybe down here. And with the long hair. With the long, yeah, blonde hair, little toe head. Yeah. Yeah. And you just kind of go wherever we went. Uh, your brother, I don't know, about then was what, like 20, 21? So you were just behind him five yeah. years? Uh-huh. Something like that. Yeah. I was hanging on like a pilot fish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of those little sucker fish that hang yeah. on a shark? Yeah. Yeah, like right there. <laughs> it was hey, well, that's the best. You always hung out. I wouldn't yeah, trade those times go, for anything. Uh, it was right in the beginning of all the the fun stuff before the yeah. and before uh, everybody conformed to do things a certain way. It was uh, before like we knew so that hard. there was actual rules. Yeah. But, yeah, that was the soul of it, man. It was just so cool. Yeah. It wasn't. It isn't like it is now. But even nah. go, going snowboarding, like we'd go up to local mountains and it would be like Hasoy, Dave Duncan, Victor Coyne, uh, I don't know, like a couple snowboarders, a couple skaters, and everybody was all <laughs> out and uh, just smashed up and snowblowers. And then, yeah. There, it was all, like a gang. Yeah, we it got was a like a gang guys, going down the mountain. Area, so they built like a snowboard park. <laughs> like, we got to segregate you guys. Yeah. <laughs> You guys all slide sideways and get yeah. in, our, in the way of our skis, you know. And then Steve Graham sliding the uh, the banister or whatever down the steps. Uh huh. The rail. Yeah, they were all pissed off. <laughs> yeah, and then everybody started doing it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's. <laughs> they had to do. They had to make snowboard parks and stuff. Yeah, we used crazy. to go to. Uh, we used to go to the school grounds in like. Park City, Utah, after a big dump, so that the uh, it had snow all over there, and we'd go up there with Bassage, uh, Hetzel, um, Tina Bassage, uh, and yeah. and we'd do those uh, rails all the time. They'd eat shit or do a good one or whatever, but no matter what, it all made the move. So I went was, to that rail. That I don't know what it was, but man. At a schoolyard? It was that weird flat rail where he'd come down the berm and then it was, the rail went out. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and yeah. Utah special. On that thing. Yeah, Utah special. <laughs> yeah, that was a Utah special right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I think we definitely changed uh, a lot of shit from jet skiing, surfing, moto, and snowboarding. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't relive the shit that we've done back in the day. You know what I mean? Like, like, fucking our snowboard graphics nowadays if you're a pro you gotta have unicorns and shit on your snowboard graphics i think <laughs> i don't know you know i ain't going there well i'm just saying <laughs> you know what i mean you go to the fucking 
the ski resort now you got to worry about like figuring out what bathroom to go in you know got to be careful you don't do the wrong shit nowadays well we, we would go to uh snow valley and get our free tickets and then sell them in the parking lot then we would go up to uh bear mount or snow summit we'd get our free tickets go in the parking lot and sell them then we'd hit bear mountain get our free tickets and by that time it was like 12 or 1 we'd sell our tickets and then we had clip tickets in the parking lot and go <laughs> so we'd make like 150 bucks just to go snowboard on occasion there you go yeah. awesome. well you knew everybody nathan you had all the connection yeah. yeah that's a good thing that's a good thing about it and yeah, they, they, they got on the mountain for free to, they get facial recognition for your season pass and shit there is no more easy way to do it i guess if you get the icon yeah i remember back in the day they used to try if you were a teenager now figuring it out sleeping in your car and whatever at the mountain oh we did that quite a bit herbie yeah oh yeah i remember going to the marketing department like at uh snowbird or uh mammoth or whatever and I'm trying to convince them that they need to be in my film and yeah. Yeah. you know, represent your mountain. But <laughs> I got, you know, eight guys outside going, Freeman, what are you just lagging it up, bro? Come on. <laughs> where's all our, where's our tickets? You know, these guys are going to hit the lift before. We <clears throat> yeah. Dude, back in, back in the day, like Damien and I, we used to swing passes for all these mountains. And then after like, you know, you become the retired snowboarder, want to take the family up snowboarding, and you go to buy the tickets. It's like for your two kids and your chick. You're like, are you kidding me? It's like it's two hundred dollars a day now at Mammoth. Yeah, it's insane. It's like, <laughs> Holy shit! And that's a person. That's like one person or, or something. One person. That's just wow. I can't even fathom that. You know what I mean? Well, that's why I shot film was so and videos so I could get on the mountain for free and take all the kids and all the friends. Right. You did that, John, right? Work with the marketing companies. That's what I did. And uh, thank God for like, uh, like Mammoth, the McCoy family. Yeah. Yeah. They took care of me. No problem. I never paid ever for Mammoth, Snowbird. Uh, what was it, Nathan? $25 a uh, token for the heli in, in Valdez. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The, hey, me and my four friends are going to go up, you know? So, okay, that's, or three friends, whatever. So that's a hundred bucks. Boom. Right. Well, you guys, box. between you and Dana, though, you guys really changed a lot and crossed over uh, from snowboarding into the motocross thing right at that one time. And uh, it was so crucial. And it was amazing, like what that you know trans transcended into, and how many yeah people, people jumped on the bandwagon from motocrossers to you know racers and snowboarders and everything. But it we kind of hit it right at the right right at the right time. Yeah, you changed it, John. And the window is open. You got it out there. The window yeah. didn't know fucking open at the right time. You know, what well, I mean? as filmmakers, Herbie, that's that's what we can do. I love it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Nathan loves it. I know. I love it. Dana, you've been in there hanging in there with John forever. Yeah, dog, we're changing the world. We're changing <laughs> it. Well, you're 
You're the one back in the day that started all this film shit and doing stupid shit with stupid vehicles and surfboards. And you gave us ideas, Derby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to make a promo video and I got hooked. Right. But, you know, I was in front of the camera before that. Yeah. You well, know, surfing when I was a teenager. Uh, your main guy back then was uh, Brian Bielman, right? No. no Brian, um, Blake. Brian Blake. Brian Blake. Film Greg Blake. Weaver, Spider Wells, Brian was Blake. Before yeah. that, Brian okay. was basically an editor, but he was a good cameraman as well. Yeah. Now okay. he's a realtor over by your area, I think in somewhere Malibu or Pacific Palisades. Yeah, he lives on Pacific Palisades. He's he's not doing it anymore, but he's still surfing, I think. And who else does that? Alan Sarlo, if he's still around, he was big realtor for Malibu. I still no, he's still Alan. around. Every time I go to Malibu, I see him. Uh-huh. I'm just yeah. waiting for the big swell to come. Yeah, he's here. <laughs> he's in Tahiti. He's all over surfing. He's on it. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, Johnny, it's coming on 420, so do you got any more stuff, like, for today that we got a must-see? Well, I was going to, if we wanted to, I was going to show um, uh, kind of Herbie's uh thing about starting astrodeck i think it's like two minutes let's like see that. it i got 10 more minutes okay hey maestro uh that's on herbie's uh thing and i think it's the last one in his folder all right number, I'm number three I, oh, I got a folder you got a folder herbie for trial <laughs> i couldn't believe some of the footage i've seen it did so bring me Nathan. back yeah. right it's like the good old days Oh, here we go up the stairs. So there was always um, a deal about traction. We I was 16 here, side slipping at Pipeline on a 32-pound <laughs> Phil Edwards board. And so we were pouring. Nice. Pouring. That's a Julian Schnabel sort of. Sand the texture in it. We drop salt in it, give like a rock salt finish, and then sand it out and wash the salt out. We stuck it on the tails. They knew it worked. Jerry Lopez, you know, it worked. They knew it worked. I knew it worked. So I go. tried to get it out there to all the surf shops so all the kids would have better traction. Because I was always a skateboarder and going to skate parks and with my kids and everything who surfed really good, I started putting kicks in the tail. And so we just kept on working with it, you know, made hooks. Uh, Christian and I, you know, uh, we worked on the aerial revolution yeah, herbie when you skated you probably won't use that pizza deck remember the pizza grip and there oh yeah i got a pizza deck in the back the heavy grip but i made some pizza grip out of rubber oh shit that stuff was gnarly back in the day all the yeah in the world are out there and they're gonna let you have a wave you gotta get it you gotta take it you can't just Oh, yeah, you're going to have this wave. You got to fight for everything out there, man. And you're only going to get scraps. And he's going, no, I want this little thing because I want to do this, that. I go, that's great. So why don't you make your board and then I'll make this board for you and we'll see which one you ride. Nathan was just uh, so into it because he watched Christian do all these things and he had to keep up with him. And Nathan would, you know, he was right in there designing and right on Christian's heels, you know, just four and a half years younger, but you know, that was his older brother and he looked up to him and uh, all he did and Nathan did it all, but he wanted to be able to turn like Tommy Carroll, you know, <laughs> his older brother was Christian. On the rail. Where's Christian? Where's Christian? What's Christian doing? What's, you know, 
So Nathan had to be his own guy. All the best writers in the world have ridden Astrodeck one time or another. And the only reason they leave it is because uh, somebody pays them. It's never left San Clemente. It's probably never going to leave San Clemente. You know, this is home. It's There's the sick right here. Watch this way. That's the classic move, Herb. That back arch. Nice. Straight into the two. Yeah. There it is. That's the Herbie Fletcher. That was cool. Well, footage be provided by Ruka. Yeah, that was mine. <laughs> they got throw. The I guess they got it out there on a on a show. They threw a tag in for you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that brings back some memories for you, Herb. Yeah, a lot of memories. Yeah. Sixteen years. <clears throat> Excuse old, me. Yeah, I used time. to live in the bushes at sunset uh, when that first shot was taken. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I was too young to find a place to live, and we'd live in the bushes or in cars or vacant houses. And it took about two and a half hours or, you know, over two hours to drive from town. So the town guys wouldn't come out to go surfing after work or whatever, after school. Yeah. And so we had it pretty much on the all week, and then you'd see guys on the weekend. Uh-huh. So it was Tiger Espera and, and me. Tiger lived up the street, and then some of the old guys. Yeah. How'd you end up uh, how'd you end up meeting um Jerry Lopez? I don't know. I think I met him at the beach. At the beach, just serving out <laughs> yeah. there. At uh -huh. sunset, yeah. Uh-huh. No, you, you met guys... all the guys, you know, at the beach. And, and then you and got you... to know him at the beach and then hang out and see him later on and do things, you know. Yeah. Make surfboards, all kinds of talk surfing. Same way you... we know you guys. Hey, uh, Herbie, back in the day, exactly. Back yeah. in the day, was Sonny Miller like a part of that South County uh, fixture? Because I mean, that was like really snowboarding. Sunny was like one of our very first outlets to film and photos and things like that. But uh, to kind of your side of town in the surfing. Yeah, I met Sunny. We were snowboarding, I think, and uh, we we're riding nectars. No, we showed up. We showed up that day to the uh, to the Varney Vertical Air Show, and him and John Glom. I forget if if that's the day that you met him, but that was the day I met him. And uh, it was John Glom and maybe Gary McNabb and Sonny Miller, and they had this little seven ply snowboard, this purple snowboard. And so Sonny let me borrow a snowboard for the day. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I met him snowboarding. Yeah. yeah, no, I've known him for, I knew him for years before the Varney Air Show, and, like, even when, uh, you know, the early days of, like, Avalanche and all that stuff, and he was the guy that always would, no matter what, we would have cameras on our boards and crazy fucking camera mounts, and, and just, he would always have some weird-ass camera rig, you know what I mean, going on. Well, he was always around, and... He was always happy to share and help out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really like Sonny, you know. He was a good guy. He, he'd always help. He'd, he'd uh, you know, explain different things to you on the camera. Because I started shooting video, and I didn't know shit on video cameras. Uh-huh. <laughs> I knew uh, film cameras, but not the still camera. 
Yeah, well, I, that, I remember I mean, uh, the video camera. I remember one time, and I think Nathan, I think you were there, and probably Christian, but it was me, Dana, Brett Johnson, probably Hetzel, maybe Mike Bassage, and we all went up on the gondola. And Herbie, you were with uh, Jerry Lopez and Derek Dorner, and we got off that gondola at the top of Mammoth, you know, and it's wisping, you know, the wind and everything's kind of chilly and, you know, kind of icy, but uh, it was after like a big dump. So there was powder. So we wanted to go off a cliff uh, in front of the gondola right there. And you guys crawled up to the edge and you, you all said, dude, fuck that. Dude, you just gave me the chills, free dog. I remember that. Yeah. You remember that? No, because it was the cornice, and it was a, it was super fucking windy, and I remember it was yeah. sunny, and, and I fucking pinned it from the fucking gondola straight yeah. off the thing, and when I went off, the wind was pushing up so hard that yeah, my board, I wasn't going down. I started going out, but I went, It was the most weirdest feeling I've ever felt in my life is snowboarding. I thought I was just going to fly away to the fucking lodge. It's like, like same in, uh, in surfing and Nathan and Herbie can tell you when it's offshore winds, it just feels like you're just like, you're not going down. Dude. I, I remember that dude. And it's got to push down. I wasn't going yeah. down. And, and granted, I, I fucking can guarantee you I ate fucking shit because I still remember that scaring the fuck out of me. I think that's in the yeah, movie. I went around the side and watched from the sidelines. That's right. You guys you, went around the side. You guys yeah, were there, though. Down. You guys remember that? You guys. I think there. you landed on a boulder, like on an avalanche rock or some shit. I got fucked. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was pretty rocky. I, I know who ate it the worst was Brett Johnson. Because that, that made the movie. He was just up in the air. and he, I think he's the one that maybe you're talking about, Nate. He landed right into the rocks. Yeah, it was like the avalanche boulder things. Yeah. Avalanche like stuff. debris. Yeah, those are the good old days, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a long time ago. Uh, you would, yeah, now you would at least. I think we were, we were all just getting into snowboarding back then. That was kind of early days. Well, not me. Fucking. No, you were already there. You're I'm a pro, bro. Yeah, I was, <laughs> hey, I was a pro with my neon fucking headband, dog. Don't yeah. kid. Yeah, that was great. We had yeah. the neon headband. We had Loved the it. sticker, the Astro Deck. We had it all going on. Yeah, fluorescent <laughs> yeah, Astro Deck. Right? You know it. You know it. Fucking awesome. Well, dude, I, I, hey, I'm stoked that you guys came on here, man. It's been a long time. I've been, I've been looking forward to, you know, we've been talking about the um, documentary we want to do, and uh, been looking forward to getting a chance to talk to you and, and Nate. Been yeah, on. it's good to see you, Dana. Yeah, yeah. So How's good. Damien doing? Damien's good, man. He's just killing it. And the funny thing is, his daughter is all into horse racing or or horse jumping now, so. I yeah, here at the um, I like the horse track doing his thing, and uh, you know, Damien he gets all super into whatever he's doing, but it's like, <laughs> like anything, like the kids start growing up and and they just turn into the you know, he's well, he was one of the best, so you expect it out of their kids, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> like, like I was gonna say earlier, like Nathan was saying about oh, the whole big wave surfing and stuff, I was gonna say about well. 
well, what about when your kids get older? And it's like, you might find yourself right back out there cheering on your own kid. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Towing them in. Yeah. <laughs> Riding the jet ski with the hole in it going, what the fuck? How'd I get here? Yeah. Hey, well, the jet ski really gave an opening to all the outer reefs and all getting around and see what they're doing. It's fantastic. Hey. I love it. Hey, Dana, show Herbie what you did with a tripod. Me? Your teeth. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that no. was a tri tripod you gotta get, accident? You got to no, get them bolted in like me. I, I busted all my teeth out with my CR500, and I was all stoked I got them fixed. And then I, I busted them out again with a tripod. That was my latest one. You know, it's always, it's always something, Herb, you know. <laughs> oh, boy, do I know. Hey, did you blow yours out too, Nathan? Hell, yeah. I got great? fucking 40 broken bones at least. But the ripped <laughs> muscles are the one that hurts in the ligament. Yeah. Oh, God damn. I did my tib and fib, and that one's enough to slow me down. But – but now and road rash that hurts. <laughs> road rash. Yeah, motorcycles. I always went rash. to the hospital on them. <laughs> Lopez yeah. would pick me up. Yeah, <laughs> out of a ditch or somewhere, out of a hole. Yeah, I didn't well, make the turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, road rash sucks. You wake up the next morning stuck to your sheets. Yeah, yeah that's why I jet skied. <laughs> it was a softer landing. Hey, yeah, I'll, it is. I'll tell you what, I'm staying out of the water. I suck in water. I almost, they tried to kill my ass fucking bungee jumping herb in a shopping cart. I didn't want to explain, <laughs> I didn't want to explain that one, but I'm staying out of the water. Well, you're hanging out with John Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> and you're the stunt man. <laughs> we sold more tickets. Hey, you go, I'll take the picture. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. Too many stupid ideas on our side. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Thank you for having. Okay, us. Hey, aloha, good everybody. Good to see you. It's yeah, been a while. thanks for all you guys do. Keep it up. Yep. Stay awesome. Stay in touch. Stay radical. Nathan, love you. Love you guys. See ya. Love you too, Dan. All right. Hey, thanks off, for coming guys. on, guys. You guys rock and roll. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, John, Dana. Mahalo. Thank you. Mahalo. Mahalo. you. Peace and out. Maestro. Yes. Yay. All right, Irby. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, it was a good session, guys. Absolutely. Yep. And All right, Herb. Thank you, guys. And say hi to Christian for us. We will. Peace. Yeah. Excellent. Beautiful. See you guys. Until next time. Thank you, Irby. Right. John, take it away with a little closing remarks here, guests. Yeah, you uh, ought to get Christian on this someday. Yeah, Maybe we'll get we'll him back on here. We'll, we'll do a, another part. Uh, there's so much to talk about. Um, and, yeah, I just want to thank our guests, uh, Herbie Fletcher and Nathan Fletcher, for being on today. And thanks for watching The Vault of Chaos. At vaultofchaos.com. <laughs> here we go. Let's Take care. Beautiful. Until next time. Okay. Are we off the air now? Yes, we are almost off the air here, Irby. Right after the video. Thanks again, Irby. Really appreciate it. Okay, see ya. That was the second to the longest, 130, an hour and 35 minutes. <laughs> I know. John just kept on going, buddy. John just kept on going. Thank you. All right, later. Appreciate it. Later. Let's see ya. Bye-bye.